Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Seconds. In the year 1966, there... Wait, now let me start again. In the year 1966, I took a second take. Second take. That that has some horrible meaning I'm not catching on to, doesn't it? (laughs) Not just the film is seconds. It is seconds, I know. Like I had a, a second, second take. Chance, yeah, yeah a, a second, you know, like you have some food and you want a second. Yep. Yeah, is that a common phrase in America? Yes. Do you want seconds? Yeah, yes. use it in the UK too. Okay, because I quit taking seconds because I used to be much fatter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really take seconds, I just take big ass firsts. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good name for this. Well, that's how you live your life, isn't it? Big ass first. Yeah. When we've got to the message of this podcast right at the start. Let's just take a big ass first. Hi, it's Matt here. It's Luke. It's a sci-fi sanctuary. What's up? We're on on camera and no one else is on camera. I think it's a first. Yeah. Oh, we did did that um, Throne of Blood one. Oh, where it wouldn't really work. So we just looped five seconds of footage at each location. So if y'all were wondering about that, that's what happened. Matt's going to edit it. So that pops up on screen here now. Boop. See it? (laughs) <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so uh, today's movie is uh, Seconds, 1966, as you said. It is the, um, the the third failing bit of John Frankenheimer's uh, trilogy of paranoia. Okay. The first being The Manchurian Candidate. Huh. The next being, is it is it Seven Days of May? If I got the wrong number of days of May, sorry. I actually haven't seen that one. But uh, that was the, the also of success. And Seconds was... It was a low-budget movie that was also a failure, but it is now enshrined in the Library of Congress in America. Ah. Okay, I've heard of the Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the same kind of paranoia. Yeah. This one actually being a lot trippier. Hmm. <laughs> it's a pretty trippy movie. So, yep. um, I, had you ever heard of it? I mentioned I was like, I, you know, I think you mentioned the Manchurian Candidate, and then subconsciously I connected it to Seconds, and I was like, hey, let's do Seconds. Okay, because yeah, I'd... I heard of this film five days ago when you told me I was watching it for this podcast. But you had just mentioned Manchurian Candidates. I think I mentioned Manchurian Candidates a while back. You, but a few synapses. Well, maybe yeah, yeah. it took a few synapses to fire my brain. So but that's one I feel like we could probably find like some sort of MK Ultra guy. This one. Too. This one even more so. Yeah. But but here we don't have a guest, so yeah, I'm the MK Ultra guy, I guess, for this one. <laughs> um, I saw. I think so. We we were mentioning I, this is the first time like I pulled. You watched it early. Mm. And I pulled a Luke and was watching on the train. Yep. And, and it's got some titty. I was like, oh, crap. I, just, I can't have titty on the train, which it was a pretty empty train, so it didn't matter. I've watched a lot of titty on the train. But um, the, one of the big deals of this movie is um, it didn't have the titty on the train the, originally. Like, okay. The the orgy. Like, they still went to the party and stuff. But we should he, clarify. The film doesn't feature any titties on a train. The film features titties 
and Matt watched it in on a the train. vineyard. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> there is train scenes in this film, so like people are gonna be watching. Like, oh, did I see the cut without the titty on the train? <laughs> no, you, you. If if you didn't see the titty on the train, everything's cool. If, if if you see grapes and you don't see titty, you miss something. If you do see titty on the train, let us know because there's a version we don't know about with extra titty. <laughs> yeah, but it's 1966, right? It's like you don't put that in the movie, and apparently mm. someone called out and said you don't put that in the movie, which did bug because that's that's basically his turnaround where he sort of kind of starts to upset uh obsess obsess not accept his new life right mm. uh not to get too far ahead but th the main point is i in the late 90s is there was a re-release in the theaters and the big deal was like oh here's the unedited version okay. of this movie and i i did go to a theater and see it uh, was that your first time seeing it or had you seen that oh at first time i mean, it was like, like okay, you yeah, know yeah. 18 19 something like that right and it was like i, I went to like lots of art house films at the time mm -hmm. Shoot up on DVD a few years later, have another view, and I probably, actually after that, it probably just kind of disappeared from my brain for like 20 years, and you mentioned Manchurian Canada, and like a Manchurian Canada, hey, let's do seconds. Right. So yeah, like I said, I hadn't heard of this, watched it for the first time a few nights ago. It is a Criterion Collection DVD. It is yeah, a... real. We it was on archive, and it was yeah. uh, you know if you want to stream it, you might be screwed. That's why I was watching on the train. But it is a real nice print. That yeah, you well, can I, watch for I, free I I was watching the it. archive stream, and it was stopping every five seconds. So I downloaded it, watched it on my TV, and it it is a nice one, 1080p. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Film, real nice looking film. So uh, okay, then your first impressions coming completely cold. I guess I'm not that familiar with 60s cinema. Yeah, because it was a lot more modern than I was expecting. How so? This is a well-shot film. The camera moves a lot. It's very we'll, pacey. We'll get to a little more, but this is an especially well-shot film, okay. which is one of the reasons it's like now like in the Library of Congress. Yes. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a film you had to pay attention to, because I wasn't sure. You hadn't told me anything. No. Took me right. Um, yeah, all I said was, let's do seconds. I think that's it. And I sent yeah. you a link. It was, it was a good film. It I was, think that's the way to watch it. Um, is it sci-fi? We'll have to get into that. But... <laughs> Yeah, it was... I could see a version of me who wouldn't like this film <laughs> because it's rich people fucking about having shit problems. But... <laughs> that they make for themselves. <laughs> yeah. But also that sense of paranoia and just this sense of this really weird situation and the way it deals with like a, a sort of imposter syndrome is all very well done. And I did... I was along for the journey and I was feeling things. Yeah, there's, there's enough things... Like, because he's, he's a, basically a, a rich bastard, right? Mm. But, you know, he's at least thrown out of his element and has enough existential thoughts that I think many of us have, and and he gets them in an especially Kafka way, so... <laughs> and it's, it's not quite, like... Super, it's not like watching Iron Fist, and this is, like, billionaire problems I'm supposed to care about. <laughs> he's just a bank manager, like... Right, right. Or even manager, yeah. He, he's a schlub, but a schlub with a bit in his bank account. Yeah. That is probably... A, you know, if you, are, if you are a successful banker, would you put your money in a different bank? Huh. It's like how they say, like, if you go to a, the, the whole thing, you go to a barber shop, you, you get the, you ask the guy with the shittier haircut to cut your hair, because... So, yeah, that's, that's the famous riddle, right? Like, there's <laughs> only two barbers in town. One has terrible hair, one has great hair. Which one do you go to? Like, if I was a good barber and I wanted people to come to me and I knew the other barber was shit, I would just cut my own hair. <laughs> that's, so, that's they're difficult. both idiots. That's difficult. I mean, Shave it then. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't want to be a barber with terrible hair. Well, that's your solution, shave it. <laughs> yes! I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, neither of them. I would shave my head is my answer to that riddle. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if I was a banker, I would have killed myself. <laughs> because the banker's a scum. That's kind of what he does this when he's just a very slow death. <laughs> 
I mean, he was ready to kill himself from the start and uh, got a weird way to go but about I it. I would imagine that, yeah, to your point, high-level bankers probably don't trust their own bank. Yeah, because you just, know what they, shit they goes They just bury on it under a mattress. Yeah. Well, they go, they go to these Swiss banks that are only for rich people, right? Yeah. Which are much more stable because they're not doing any investing. They're just sitting on shitloads of money. Well, there, there's a certain amount of success where money does, like, seriously doesn't matter. Like, let's mm. take the Beatles, like uh, epic, you know, cultural icons. But in the world of money, probably like mid-level rich at best, right? Mm-hmm. They never carried money. Yeah. They just sign off like a note that said like, you know, bill it to our, our people. And mm-hmm. that, that, you know. They, Although they... Schwarzenegger always carries cash. That's because he wants to be real, man. But no, apparently when he first came to America, he was caught without cash. And he's just like, I've never traveled with less than like a grand on these cents. I paid, I paid 200, uh, 200. I paid two bucks on Saturday because I only had 10 bucks in my pocket. And I was like, man, I know if I get it out of the ATM. But what if shit goes down? What if some, what if someone suddenly <laughs> comes down the street and tries to sell me like a, you know, like a, a 57 Stratocaster for 50 bucks? And I don't have the 50 bucks, you know? I can't even remember what you're talking about anymore. Yeah. Banks. <laughs> yeah. And money. This guy's rich, but not like rich, rich. Right. So I, I guess we should do a story then. But yeah, he is. If you're going to ask your Twilight Zone question, did he deserve what he got? Yeah, He's sure. a bank manager, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's not like when I was doing this to producers and we had one on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Hamilton is a middle-aged bank clerk disillusioned with his average life. He receives phone calls from an old college buddy he believes to be dead, offering a second chance at life. Following a mysterious series of addresses, he finds himself at the company. The company, after dragging Arthur and setting him up to sexually assault a woman, sorry, I just said dragging, not drugging. (laughs) The company, after drugging Arthur and setting him up to sexually assault a woman so they can blackmail him, Give him plastic surgery and a new life as Tony Wilson, eligible bachelor and artist. Wilson's life is parties, drinking, and getting his end away with the beautiful Nora, but once again he finds himself disillusioned. He returns to the company, demanding a third life, but is unable to suggest a new client for referral. Before he can think of someone, the company finds a place for him, as the cadaver in another client's fake death. But chomp. Do you know the actors in this movie? Nope. Okay, so the the oh, there there is a Rock Hudson was a pretty major star. Okay, 
Um, in the early 60s, he, he did the Beach Party movies. Okay. So he was the um, rom-com lead of the early 60s. Okay. Women loved him. He wanted to be a little bit... He was not the first choice. I think Kirk Douglas was the first choice for this movie, but I don't think that would work because he looked like an old man when he was like young. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because he meant to look rejuvenated in this. So. Yeah, I mean, Rock Hudson doesn't look like young, young in this, but, you know, he... he, he if, had, if it had been fully, like, 13 going on 30 and he'd gone that young, it would look dumb anyway. Yeah. He just he looked like similar age, but in shape. Anyway, um, this was... He basically chose this movie because he wanted to try and take on a more dramatic role. Mm. So, technically, he's the least of the actors in this movie is in a certain way as well. Yeah. It's like, you know, taking... Zach Braff or something and trying to put him in a psychological thriller. That is what Zach Braff did in like that day career. Did it work this well? I know one talks about him anymore, so I guess not. Okay, because we talk. Okay, Rock Hudson. Let's and there's continue. also there's a great joke joke in BoJack Horseman, where there's a big celebrity party and BoJack's um, not BoJack. Zach Braff is running around with his parking ticket, saying, "Someone validate me! Someone validate me! I need validation <laughs> for the whole episode." Okay, the the other notable thing about Rock Hudson that definitely pertains to this movie is he was gay as shit. Okay, and he really only came out because he was one of the first celebrities to die of AIDS in the early eighties. Huh. <laughs> Which also, we, his life weirdly kind of dovetails with this movie a touch. So okay. he was, you know, he he was the the heartthrob of the early sixties that was uh, hoping some other heartthrob or you know folks. Not I almost said teens. That's pro- I, I don't want to put that on him. So <laughs> anyway, that was not what he wanted. So uh, he was like, maybe I can be a, like a big, you know, dramatic actor. And this movie it didn't succeed because it was a flop. It, it yeah. made for like. Two and a half million bucks and made like one point two five million or something. What happened? Because it it doesn't look cheap. Well, two point five is a reasonable budget in sixty five. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. I'm thinking two point five now is like. Okay, it's not like this is an effect heavy. You can make this one for two point five now. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what what the fuck movies spend money on. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, because last when we were doing um. Enemy Mine. Enemy oh. Mine. You were saying like um. <laughs> You could make that for two million now. Yeah, true. So you could definitely make this for two million. Now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the budget in this was probably for Rock Hudson because he yeah. was a big star at the time. And um, we'll, we'll get into it a little more later. But there is quite a bit of like um, lighting and things that might have actually pumped up the budget more than it's mm. obvious. But that's on that's screen. the thing I don't realize is I think that well, if I want to make a film set in this room, I would just film in this room. Because I know you have to actually light it in the shit. Good cameras don't pick up things mm. the way your eyes do. I still have a, I still have a two person film script for us, by the way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's like something you wrote in college. I didn't write it. Okay. <laughs> oh, is this something Scott wrote? No. <laughs> something Andrew wrote. Before we, before we started the podcast, I was like, maybe we'll film this, and then we started podcasting instead. But now I'm like, okay. hey, it's still on my computer. So. so these days. Yeah. Patreon bonus. Right. <laughs> Okay, anyway. When I um, say Patreon bonus, I mean, Andrew, pay us money to make your script. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll get really bored and do it. <laughs> but, um, okay. $50, $50 reward, Matt and Luke will read out a script that you've written. <laughs> so just starting, starting out, um, let, let's just start with Rock Hudson, because you, you don't know him, but he was, he was the big star here. He's, mm. he's, he's late 80s, late 80s Travolta. Basically, okay. that, that's a good analogy. For Wait, him. so in the late eighties, he's what Travolta is. Oh, he is the equivalent of late eighties Travolta. Yes. Okay. 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 Like, like occasionally he shows up in a big film, but no way takes him seriously. Mm. So, and he's in a pretty major director's film here. John Frankenheimer had had 
notable success with those first two. Um, way later in his career, I think I think he made Ronan. You ever see Ronan? No, no, Ronan. That's the um, De Niro. Jean-Manuel one. He's in there too. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Anyway, just I mean, he's a. This is one of the top flight directors. Mm. So, um, how how did you take his performance just out of curiosity, out of context? He seemed. Well, but this this is definitely deliberate because the previous actor did as well. Mm. The two actors playing his character in the film just pissed about everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> some of the early critical response on this was the the older guy who um, I guess you'd have to look up because my phone's charging. But um, the a lot of the reviews were like the the older the older version of him was a much better actor, <laughs> possibly. But like most of what he's playing is like a quiet melancholy. True, he's so, he's, he's dying inside before. Yeah, the, it is. Know, and he does give quite a subtle performance. I think he does pull it off. Yeah, no, it's I... Not, there's definitely not bad acting. This isn't saying, a case of, you know, they got a current pretty boy and it turns out he can't act. But that's exactly what people saw in 1966 when they watched this movie, is my point. I think there's a, there's often a thing <clears throat> that people just assume that before they even see the performances. Look at um, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. People assume you can't take him seriously. He's a really good actor and does really good films. Right. Um, but people took a while to accept that that's a possibility. So maybe there was a bit of that going on. Yeah. With, with Rock Hudson, it's even a, a stronger disconnect, though, because, I mean, Twilight, like, has, like, like emo edge, right? If nothing mm. else. I mean, I'm not, like, saying, like, that is a compliment or anything. I'm just saying that's a thing, right? Whereas, you know, Rock Hudson's coming from the world of, of, of beach party bikini land. Yeah. So. John... John Randolph. Okay. Cause he, is the original... Because he definitely was good, so I, I was like kind of interested in that particular, you know, um, original. Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Oh right, I believe he's an ape in that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> he's just. Did I see some Manson in there, man? Serpico. Oh no! It's, oh well. Okay, sorry, Al Pacino. You looked like Manson there. <laughs> <laughs> he's in a bunch of stuff, but isn't like he's like a, a huge superstar. Yeah. A- anyway, he, I mean, he was definitely good as the. the the early version. He was a more Twilight than actor. About to say, his performance and just, you know, black and white New York suits, I was definitely getting Twilight Zone for, for vibes there. <laughs> yeah, like, in, in that podcast I talk about how, yeah, 25 minutes does seem to be the sweet spot, but this one does drag it out to, you know, an hour 47 pretty well. But like, there's like, not a whole lot of wasted time here. Could have been a Twilight Zone. You could have. There's not so much incident that you couldn't. You could have. But it wouldn't have had that paranoia, that feeling. That atmospherics would have been less. It it just wouldn't have been like, oh, you made a stupid decision. Now you're screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The they'd have had to make it so that his second life was like actively horrible. (laughs) Whereas in this version, it's not. Neither life is horrible. Yeah. He's just feeling that ennui that we all feel sometimes. He just makes a complete ass of himself in that perfect life. Yeah. Well, perfect with quotation marks. Right, but I've, I've gotten very drunk and made an ass of myself. <laughs> I don't need to go and get... Well, I can move to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're in Japan, because you made, got drunk and made an ass of yourself. <laughs> yes, consistently for 10 years. <laughs> okay. Um, while you're on the, in the the man in the chair for this one, sorry, but uh, Colonel Sanders. He was no, He's only in two scenes, right? He's the, the boss of the company, the, the founder of the company. I know who you mean. Yeah. He's Colonel Mr. Sanders Ruby. without a beard. Okay, yeah, yeah. Jeff Corey. Oh, no, you are looking at the uh, the middleman. Think. Are you thinking of, like, the surgery guy? No, 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 I'm thinking about the guy that talks to him, like, right, to, to com- finally convince him to take on the second life. And, uh, you know, basically make him feel good before he's dragged off to get killed. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think he was the 
head of the company. He was just like the head doctor or something. Yeah. I, I don't know what the well, No, because he, said, cause he said, when I started this, we had a few failures. I thought, oh, maybe I should end it all right now. But hmm. but there's so much to be done. Anyway, I, I, he, he stuck in my mind. And uh, Nora, Nora, our company employee, who the, the, the town slut... <laughs> There, there's, there's too many actors and I can't remember too many actors okay so. well let's just let's just look at the, uh, Nora then how, how did that one Nora is you? yeah she is legit because she brings in the hippie vibes right yeah for mm. the 60s it was doing a good job of like I mean I guess this is wasn't that uncommon but like a pretty dark fucked up version of hippie life <laughs> like a bit satanic and stuff oh yeah <laughs> Well, there, there's Salome Jens is the actress. Oh, she's in stuff. I oh yeah, know the name. Okay, <laughs> she's in Green, Green Lantern, Lantern, Cats wow. and Dogs, <laughs> Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Problem is, she's done a bunch of dumb shit recently, yeah. so I can't find the good shit that okay. she's presumably been in. I, I think uh, a lot of voice work though. It might be Deep Space Nine. Honestly, it's leaving the name. Uh, got it. Female changeling. Yeah, she's the female changeling. Okay. Okay. Worked it out. <laughs> but yeah, she's also done a lot of act, um, voice acting. Wow, that blows my she mind. She was Martha Kent in Superboy. Okay. <laughs> well, that's why I know the name. Okay, but yeah, it's Deep Space Nine that's making the hit there. Anyway, I was actually surprised that the twist was she's works for the company because mm. she's beautiful, but she does look like somehow a little older. So I thought she was actually going to be another one of the reborns. She's. Yeah, she's just appropriately cast to be dating this guy. Yeah. Instead of them casting like a 20-something. Which, if this is deliberately Rock Hudson getting away from... Maybe he didn't want them to cast him like a a young 20-something starlet. Oh, he's on Malibu. Don't give him a beach bunny. That's what he's trying to get away from. Yeah. That's what, that's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. So that that makes sense. Yeah, because she was 31 when this came out. Okay. So, well, age-appropriate if we consider the rebirth. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, she's not age appropriate for that first actor. Uh, she was actually the same age as Rock Hudson. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. He was only thirty-one. Wait, no, no, no. She was ten years younger. <laughs> I was about to say he didn't look thirty. I mean, he looked younger than the other dude, but he didn't look thirty-one. Oh, he died young. Yeah, he died of AIDS. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, you already told me that. fanatic right yeah so i was looking up the information on this movie and i, I actually not heard the story maybe apocryphal i don't know but the, mm. the story is brian wilson went to go see this movie in the theater came late and when he was walking the door probably tripping on acid because this was 1967 mm. <laughs> heard come in mr wilson <laughs> when he came at the door got his mind blown in a bad way maybe canceled the smile album oh, i'm wearing i'm wearing a pet sound shirt but i got my smile shirt in there because I, I ran out of time and couldn't go to the onsen but <laughs> canceled the smile album also for many other reasons but uh and didn't see another movie in the theater till et the extraterrestrial i, I really hope that's true <laughs> If this movie that's excellent yeah <laughs> if this movie's gonna shaft you um 
The closest I've ever come to that was when I was playing um, Star Wars Rogue Leader on my GameCube. And most of that game you play as Wedge. But I'd forgotten that in this level I was playing as Luke. Mm. And the game says, You're always Luke, Luke, do whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's talking to me. Oh, Luke Skywalker, right. <laughs> <laughs> they had a brief moment. Oh, shit, how does it know my name? This I'm, is amazing. This is the future. I'm a real rebellion pilot. <laughs> <laughs> well, because most of the spaceship battles, Luke's not there. He's busy messing about solving his dad's soul. Mm. If you want to do the space battles, you've got to be Wedge. Right. Also, Wedge isn't lame. I love Wedge. Yeah, well, he just doesn't get much appearances unless you're into comic books and stuff. Yeah, and those don't count anymore. So Wedge never existed. <laughs> um, so I guess instead of characters so much, if we do look at this as a Twilight Zone, I should throw in my question: Does does this guy deserve his trip? Which you said as a banker, yes, but as a human, <laughs> he chose to be a banker, so yes. Okay, um, but like the weird thing is, like they were initially trying to do something good for him. In their own fucked up way. <laughs> but it's a pretty fucked up thing they do for people. But, yeah. like, he... He was feeling that I want to escape from this life. Yeah. But, as he discovers, that's not a problem that exists because of his life. Mm. As, an inter- as a problem in him. And relocating to another life won't fix that problem. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. He doesn't fix that problem. But they are, they have him in a vice already. I mean, he's basically, you know, even when he gets to be, you know, hippie love dude... Uh, mm-hmm. he's still under their control. So if they come and say, hey, man, you know, next month you're going to run for Senate and you're going to win and you're going to do this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's... It's, I mean, that's where a thing happens. But sure. the, the the way they set him up at the start by drugging him, putting him into a compromising sexual position and filming it so it looks like he assaulted a woman. Now that now they send you to the... Uh, on the Lolita Express, right? Yeah, but that <laughs> is exactly what they were doing in, like, 60s MK Ultra shit. Yeah. Drugging you up and putting you in sexually compromising positions so they had... Blackman material. Right. I mean, that's not even... You don't even have to put MK Ultra on that. You just get someone whacked out enough, push them in a direction, film it, you know? Yeah. You, you don't... Uh, Midnight Climax, uh, I'd like to bring up just because that's the best operation name ever. <laughs> you know when they were doing Midnight Climax, they would sit behind a two-way mirror? Yes, they do. With a built-in... With, like, with a toilet? So they wouldn't have to leave? Yeah. You just I... sit on the toilet and watch? <laughs> <laughs> She's coming, I'm shitting! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> No, that's how She's you... coming, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how you become a man of power in the CIA. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's the thing. Like, I mean, he, he did choose the, the path of foul capitalism and, and became a, a mm. banker, you know. One that's bored and probably sees it as mostly a mistake. And, and again, this is the 60s. It's not like he's a Wall Street shark <laughs> ruining billions of people's lives he's we, just... we don't actually know that he could be <laughs> yeah, but he didn't have that much money yet <laughs> he's not the president oh yet. he was yeah he was still waiting to be manager like he was yeah. just doing pretty you know i mean he was refusing loans and shit so scum but still <laughs> <laughs> so um well who, who else would be who else would the company go for because he's he's dragged in by his um he's the reference from what's his name the, his school friend charlie there Evans, yeah. yeah 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 so and i i I guess Charlie got his third life, or did they just, like, kill him? Oh, did him Charlie too? also get cadavered? I can't tell. But Charlie gave them a... He sponsored somebody. Okay. Is that enough to get him out of the uh, of the uh, bullpit? Possibly. Bullpen? Yeah. I have no... Again, this is because it's 1960s money, and I don't understand. Yeah. 30K doesn't even seem enough to cover all the shit they did. 
True. How are they staying profitable? <laughs> what is the business plan of the company? I well, don't well, he understand. said he came for the uh, medical procedures mm. and the fake documents, and then they took his inheritance and mm. gave a little bit to his actual family members, and the rest was used to set him up. Mm. So that that does bring up the where does the third one come from if they already spent the money, right? <laughs> So, because I had the island vibe, right? Where it's yeah. like, oh, you win a because you win a trip out of the boring ass office room into. <laughs> but maybe that's why you have to refer someone else. Yeah. Because actually, their money is paying for you. Maybe absolutely everyone needs a third. <laughs> maybe no one pulls it off on the second. They need to <clears throat> break something in their brain first before they can do it. <laughs> it's a Ponzi scheme fueled by plastic surgery. Yep. <laughs> Fully, it's an NFT. <laughs> Sorry, I had to think about that for two seconds. Because they're a Ponzi scheme. If I just draw a bunch of pictures, does that mean I can make money? No, it's no one. No one can make money now. Okay. It, it was it was a pump and dump, but it's over. <laughs> no one's making money anymore. Yeah, money money's so twenty twenty one. No, I just I just mean from NFTs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I liked my statement better. Yeah, great. <laughs> so we'll get to that in the next one. thinking about the we can say design if you want i i mean this film i mean it doesn't have like over like you said it's a sci-fi there's nothing particularly futuristic looking. it's just a sci-fi in that i don't think this kind of surgery works that well oh yeah it wouldn't work that well but it's it, a sci-fi in the way that every single film that has hacking yeah. in it is a sci-fi because they just made up how this shit works. right it's, it's it's medical science being used as science so, yeah you know with the uh Again, you know, Twilight Zone would have had him just wake up as a different person, right? Yeah, yeah. They Whereas this has the whole company, the weird conspiracies, the the shades of MK Ultra plastic surgery. I mean, there are Twilight Zones with plastic surgery too. But... Although, if this is sci-fi, that opens the door that we are doing face-off soon. What? I thought face-off was always an obvious hit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to convince me. Yeah. I was watching this wondering, why haven't we done face-off? <laughs> have we ever done any Nick Cage? Color out space. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. Which you know what? Looking back, I'm like, that is one of the better Nick Cage's. It's a good film. Man. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, you know, we watched. We were like, was it good? I think we liked it. And it's what almost two years later. I'm like, yeah, that was a fucking good movie. <laughs> so yay, Color Out Space, which was also taken down off of YouTube because I don't know why. Oh, I was taken down. Yeah, it was completely ripped off. Huh? We didn't use any music or anything. Nope, just my own. <laughs> probably because they just assumed it was us putting the film up and just took it down yeah okay <laughs> anyway you guys actually check this shit back to this one um you mentioned it looking modern and especially in the company sets mm. um uh cinematographer I, I i can't remember his last name it's it's john wong which is an interesting middle name and then something else and i, I just want to whatever i throw in is is, is not right because i'm just you know wong is just cast i need crew Bear with me. You need crew. So anyway, um, the company sets in particular were apparently like lighted to the hilt, like with just lights everywhere for absolute control mm. of how they could shoot it. 
Um, so when you see the the shadow behind the um, the middleman, you know it's like absolutely supposed to be there. And uh, James Wong Howe. Thank you. Okay, there we go. So yeah, he I, I he was at least nominated for something for this one. This movie also did say it um, was it received more accolades abroad, like in European film festivals than America. Uh, awards maybe because it does have kind of a French New Wave look. Yeah, because America's fucking prudes. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't want to see titty for some reason. Probably because they got a few dude asses in. But you know, if you want to see titty, you got to be want to see a few dudes asses as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's another life lesson from this pod. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a really good looking film. This is one. Um, it was weird. Uh, one of the things that came to mind actually was La Jetée, which is all still images. <laughs> but it's a kind of, it is, it's shot, because it's, it's not like it's a fast moving action piece. So you, your memory is a, a series of still images. Yeah. It's him in this scene and him in this scene and her on that beach. and With some extreme contrast shot. Well, not extreme yeah. contrast. I should actually, and now I'm thinking of La Jetée again. <laughs> but the, the whole thing the is. Only, yeah, the only th- time it gets like visually trippy is when he's being drugged yeah and right at the very end when he's having his brain drilled into (laughs) (laughs) well the uh opening credits oh the opening credits are Saul Bass he did like the Hitchcock stuff you know North by Northwest and Vertigo and this has all the warbly weird zooming right in on his face and stuff yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, right at the beginning all the warbling images so I mean you know there there is I feel like uh, for a black and white movie this is about psychedelic because you're going to get in a black and white movie Mm. Except for maybe Dr. Caligari, which actually is the neural hygiene coming out about this time. So, if you uh, want. They color tint some of it, though. So, is uh, it still black and white? Uh, <laughs> it's not Technicolor. It's not. <laughs> but um, I think one of the reasons this movie did just kind of pop back in my brain is just how good it looks. It looks great. Yeah, not, yeah. not many things look better than this. Um, he's got the ultimate, you know, Malibu-like bachelor pad. Mm. Um, yeah. But- we just recorded a film, a podcast yesterday about a film made 30 years after this. <laughs> it doesn't look better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the Power Rangers. Yes. Yeah, yes. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yes, I, I will stand. I will put my foot down that Seconds looks better than <laughs> Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> the movie, at least. Maybe not the Japanese stuff. <laughs> oh, right, right. Let's, let's, let's give Toho. Is it Toho? It's not no, Toho. It's not Toho. But it, um, no, I don't think it's related to... Like any Godzilla people. Because no. Ultraman is from the effects guy who made Godzilla. Oh, okay. But then this is just unrelated, I think. Yeah. They're, they're on the same country. Must all be the same thing. <laughs> there is an Ultraman versus Kamen Rider crossover, which I kind of want to see. <laughs> One thing, they had a lot of faith. I guess they knew he was going to screw up. Or they had a lot of faith in his artistic talent. Or there's like, whatever, maybe it'll work out. Which which of those oh, three options do you Once you're take? a big enough artist, you can just do whatever the fuck you want. And everyone agrees that it's art. That's true. Like, look like at Picasso. <laughs> he started off doing photo real shit. And then he just did Picasso shit. Like, I do like the Picasso shit better, though. Yeah, I like it. But it's like, <laughs> talent is just a made-up thing. Once yeah. people have agreed that you're an artistic genius, you can do what you want. Well, that's your point. Once you're established, it doesn't really matter. Just shit on the canvas, it'll be good to go. Also, like, <laughs> modern art is just a fucking money laundering scheme. <laughs> yeah. If you're a famous name, then they will buy your art for millions so that they can move their ill-gotten gains around their accounts. It's all <laughs> Don't worry. We'll let you keep 5%. It's a lot of money. 5% is a lot of money in this case. Yeah. <laughs> just live with it, man. <laughs> CNN will say you're you're a billionaire and you're just a millionaire, G. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
other I mean what what who are the artists these days? There's there's Banksy. Yeah. Is that it? I don't know. Silence. I My mean, friend Sawada drew this Digimon for me. <laughs> well, that's nice. I like it. I'm just like, I'm just sitting, sitting here like who, like in the 60s, like, who uh, do you have? Is there... Picasso is still kicking around. You have Dolly still kicking around. Warhol's there. Oh, I there. guess so, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was Warhol still... I was going to bring up is around that. Pollock. Pollock was still But yeah, there's just doing CIA the fucking one and apparently it's art. So, <laughs> so the point is there... But were... oh, I was going to say like most artists are not known in their time, are they? Warhol was a household name. Picasso was a household name. Dolly was. Those those guys were household names mm. in the '60s. So I just feel like I mean I'm like sitting here trying to chomp at if there's anything farther and Rob Liefeld. No, I was just kind of, I was about to throw <laughs> That's a comment. modern artist. He's yeah. Todd McFarlane. There you go. That's some fucking artists for you. Well, I was just saying that the comic book artists don't quite count because it's. I mean, and Warhol's pop art, right? Yeah. Yeah. Seconds. Uh, this is actually a Hollywood system movie. Is it? Is it art? Art or pop art? because mm. it's definitely coming from the pop art system but it has some art art touches you know like new wave stuff so I mean A that whole argument is bullshit it is I'm but just... also like Hollywood system in 1966 is not MCU in 2021 <laughs> right like it's a different argument I, I guess my main point is this does seem more like a new wave film, like Alphaville or something. Than, but maybe uh, that's why American it wasn't film. successful out the Hollywood system, is because it wasn't. Yeah, have you seen the original Manchurian Candidate? A, a long time ago. I mean, it does have a lot in common with this film, like okay. stylistically, but it is a little less up its own arse. And I'm not calling that to insult this film. It's mm. uh, I like the way it's up its own arse. Ooh, but um, <laughs> but like in this film, it's. Like, does Manchurian Candidate have a, a likable protagonist? Does it have someone to root for? It's got Frank Sinatra. Yeah, but, like, in this <laughs> film, like, he's... The protagonist is played by a good actor or whatever. Mm. The character is a cunt. Yeah, Every true. character in this is horrible. Right, but people were supposed to come in like, like, I, I like you, Rock Hudson. Mm. <laughs> you, you were my rock for this movie while but I be- watched... But before, before he's Rock Hudson, he's a different actor. Yeah. And that guy is not particularly likable. No. And then he just turns into a cousin and continues to be not likable. Yeah, yeah. So, it, like, it's it's not a film about, like, oh, here's this guy in a scrape, what's he going to do? It's from, like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> what's your problem, bro? <laughs> I so, don't know. But, I, it's it's not as easy to a sell, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just like, like, it's like he made the right choice to do this, but it's also kind of the wrong choice. <laughs> well, it's the wrong choice to do it this way. You can, like... We bring it up all the time, but me and you have both just decided to reinvent our lives at one point. That's why we now met each other in Nagano. But, you know, there's good ways to be like, I'm, I'm dissatisfied with life. I need to make a big change. Mm. And that is not have someone die in your place. <laughs> right. Well, the, the, their suggestion is that, you know, like, oh, they're just procured. They're already dead, which eh, we find out. I don't think that's not, true because that's not what they not. do to him. So. That's why I'm wondering what have actually happened to Charlie, too. It's like even if you mm. sponsor somebody, maybe they're like, a, you know, they're going to strap you down and drill a hole in your brain anyway. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, yeah, I guess that brings up like the amount of evil for the company. Well, Because things... you were like, they're trying to kind of help you up. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, man, they just seem rank shit. Mm. <laughs> And they're called the company. Well, the thing, I think they're deliberately left quite unknowable. Mm. So we don't, we can see some of what they're doing, but we don't know any of what their motive is. Right. Are they doing this just to people who request it? 
or are they doing it like you suggested to have people in positions that they control yeah that's... do they just we need an artist who we've got complete control over when we want to do something in whatever conversation and we need a guy in this position who like you said we're going to make him senator when we need someone mm. i mean could you black you know people in real life right so <laughs> yeah you know like at this point in time and that's why it's so while rock hudson's a star here like in the 60s all it did was like you assaulted a, a woman or you're gay hmm. that's all it took yeah now, now it, it's it's down to like you're diddling kids right uh, if you assault a woman it's still that oh that is canceled for a bit. Uh, yeah uh, sorry i shouldn't start out that being gay i mean nobody cares well right any uh, no one should if, care no one should care <laughs> but in the 60s a lot of people did that's, Even more than that. Well, exactly. That's why well, Rock Hudson was like staunch in the closet making its movie. In Japan, it's just like, even if you're heterosexual, you're just sexually active, you're cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the, the J-pop You do stars. a weed. You have you have a boyfriend or girlfriend. Uh, it doesn't matter how the genders are, are working that way, but you're, you're screwed. Because you, you signed a contract. I will not date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's just like, if you are remotely associated with drugs... Yeah. yeah, you're just blacklisted. And like, you know, half the musicians in America are selling it. Yeah. And in this case, they're basically throwing all these folks into like a gated community with each other. Because mm. at the party, when he does just get rip-ass drunk and starts like shouting about who he really is. Well, that's why I suggested <clears throat> um, that actually they their plan is that everyone has to do it mm. again. Because he was in a community surrounded by people like him. Mm-hmm. This was just the test life. <laughs> And then, like, they know he's going to fuck it up. So they know they can get him to refer someone before they give him a third. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe if he had referred someone, then he would just go into his third life like everyone else. Yeah. He fucked yeah. it. Yeah, but, yeah, well, it's not clear if, if those are just... I mean, how much can you just grin and bear it in that situation? Because mm. you've, you've been confronted with this company that obviously has, like, it's uh, pretty long tendrils, so... Yep. Hmm. That's where the, that's that's why this is part of a paranoia trio, I guess. Mm, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's there's powers beyond his control and understanding. Right. Messing with him, he's not just the Twilight Zone. I guess wouldn't have gone down that angle. The twenty five minute version of this story. It would have been a much. It would have been more shows. on the nose. It would have been doing. good. I would have been on my podcast saying this is a great episode, but there is something to this movie really dragging out the as- atmospherics and really setting in with the paranoia and keeping in mind that we do spend um, the first twenty five minutes with with author right. So, yeah. you know, the change is rather jarring. We're in the mm. Twilight Zone in the first two minutes, right? Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So as a or mock- they wouldn't change the actor and they'd do like a quantum leap reflection thing a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. Scott Bakula never ended up in this life. <laughs> maybe he did. Yeah, maybe maybe that's why he never got <laughs> with the with the misspell thing. <laughs> <laughs>
so yeah, yeah. Uh, watching this from modern eyes, um, it was a flop when it came out. Seems to have gained some steam since then. Uh, what what kind of film do you feel like you're watching here? I I don't wouldn't say it's the sort of film where it's like I want to see sci-fi. It's mm. a thriller. It is a thriller at the end, but uh, I, I guess. One of the images that really makes it sci-fi, I mentioned La Jete before, where we got the guy with, like, maxi pads on his eyes, right? Mm. Was traveling through time, whereas this guy's, like, wrapped up in bandages. Yeah, like the Invisible Man sort of look. Yeah, I I mean, that's that goes on the posters, right? So yeah. that feels a little sci-fi. The, the whole company complex really does feel... I mean, it, it is an office, but, um, you know, I think of, like, the, uh, 1984 or something when he's in that... that uh, I was going to say, before I completely understood what's going on, the film was, I was having in my brain through my head was Adjustment Bureau. I've only seen that once, but I can see where you're coming from there. Yeah, just like it's, it's got the trappings of very generic, generic city office mm. men in suits with hats, but it's not quite normal. It's not quite a normal business. Something weird's going on. Yeah, the atmosphere in that office is really freakish. What do they do? They just go to bunk rooms on the side every night, or what? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> but you know that that had a very Orwellian vibe. So yeah, when he first arrives, and they were just like doing whatever they're doing just listening to the radio and recording the newspaper or whatever and no one's willing to talk to him at all because they're like we've been through this too many times (laughs) yeah that was all very bizarre yeah so things like that push it to me to at least i i I think if you go on to imdb or whatever it says it's a psychological psychological horror science fiction yeah i think it probably is what you would call it that is a good description so sure why not if you want to get into genres, which is a boring conversation. Because yeah. I'm... Well, oh, I was, about, I was about to say, like, even the horror aspect, I feel like it's more sci-fi than horror. Yeah. Of course, again, my video... It's, it's, it's an existential horror. It's not like, oh, they're going to get him. Even though they do get him. I guess there is some body horror, especially if you're not down with plastic surgery. Mm. Oh, and at the end, just getting a hole in your head. Uh, that, that's that's Ghostbuster Egon's dream, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Yeah, he wanted, to, he wanted to drill a hole in his head. Oh, I don't remember that line. Okay, there's something about that in Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, thought it was a dark fucking joke about Harold Ramis. No, no, that's that. No, no, yeah, no, I no. don't think Harold Ram- Didn't he just, like, pass away of natural yeah, I think causes? So. Okay, he, no, Harold, I don't... Harold Ramis did not want to drill a hole in his head. Egon did. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Art from Ernest. Right, right, gotta separate those things. <laughs> But one of the things in this movie is not separating the art from the artist, so uh, it's, a, it's a kind of contradictory place to do that, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I really do think knowing more about Rock Hudson's life and career really kind of deepens this movie. Because mm. he was still a relatively young man who was basically hiding most of himself and and himself probably hoping he could like, jump into a second life of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> Doris Day. I think he did a bunch of movie Doris Day. I think that's what it is. You know Doris Day? I know Doris Day. Okay. So hung out with her. I met the Doris Day of Drop and Trowel. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on this one? Um, if you're like me, this comes up a lot, where you're the young guy and not the 40-year-old film nerd. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hadn't heard of this, but I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this is, like, I, I think the first time I saw this was, like, at the university, you know, like, art house. Mm film theater where sometimes I had to run the projector so <laughs> I mean could it be ruined by knowing the twists I don't think so I think it's still worth watching for that atmosphere that it has yeah I wouldn't know what to do with the projector now <laughs> project no I wouldn't know how to do anything with it 
But I used to. That's kind yeah. of freakish. Okay. Well, maybe if you had one in front of you, it would come back. Maybe. I don't know. Because I didn't do it that many times. Okay. So, <laughs> just enough. To, like, someone showed me I did it, it worked, and I was like, cool. So, now I'm like, man, I did that. Now I don't think I could. So, but, hmm. I mean, I guess I probably couldn't, like, replace the cash at the self-service checkout at the supermarket I used to work at. Yeah, but it's cooler as a film producer. Yeah, I'm very glad that that's not in my head anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to. I mean, who shows film anymore, right? Mm. <laughs> um, I'm just watching the TikToks on their phones. Them TikToks, you, you gotta watch. You gotta get the eight millimeter like spools of TikToks. And watch <laughs> those. That's, that's, if I could buy an eight millimeter spool of vines, I would watch it. <laughs> that that should be a thing. Yeah. Okay. So hey, anyone so out there? A fifty dollar Patreon level, me and Matt would read a script for you. But a one hundred dollar level will make you a eight millimeter film of all of vine. <laughs> or TikTok, you can choose. No. What. We don't do TikTok. I don't even know what TikTok is because I'm old. I'm slightly old. Mm. So I hate TikTok because it's not Vine. Okay, see, I'm older, so I don't even know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what are we? Oh, we're a message coming on my phone. Yeah, your phone's making messages this whole time. Do you know how to put it on oh, silent? Well, you do the thing, I want to see what the messages say. Uh, this is Matt Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. You can find it on Twitter at MLSFSPod. or on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just search Matt Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary wherever podcasts are found. If you want to help keep this podcast online, make sure you go to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastios. Throw us a dollar a month to help cover them bills. Towers on your carpet, wet umbrella. Oh, it's my wife complaining. Because <laughs> <laughs> you put your wet umbrella on the carpet, and I and I, she wants me to clean, wipe the the windows in the morning because they're wet. Mm. But then I left the wet towel on my floor. Apparently, <laughs> oops. Well, <laughs> <sighs> mm. yep. listeners, I hope you enjoyed this podcast because we're about to do it a second time. Hi, welcome to Matt Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary, where we talk... That's not even the right intro. No, that's not how we do this podcast. I'm Luke. And you're the year 2072. You know what I fucking hate? The banks. You know what I like doing? Shagging birds and shaving my head.
That's because every now and then, you have to go off so that you can know you're on. You can't have an up without a down, or a back without a front, or a light day without a dark night. The whole thing is pulse. Starts to come online 